Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because she looks like a boss in this house. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired. And we are going to have another Supergirl Podcasters Roundtable. And I guess I should go ahead and bring them all in. Whoa. We've got, we've got a, uh, <laughs> a, a big crowd with us uh, tonight to uh, talk about all things Supergirl, especially the, the ending of Supergirl. So uh, we are joined by Cycles and Vivi from Supergirl's Attic, Shelly from Pod of Course, a Supergirl podcast, and Justina and John, a.k.a. AKA the green butterfly in the silver box of made of steel, a Supergirl podcast. Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us for this uh, big round table, but more like a, what, what like a, what kind of geometric shape is this? I don't know. On <laughs> uh, a Supergirl emblem. Okay. Yeah, sorry, yes, yeah. exactly. It sort of, exactly. sort of looks like an S shield. I guess, yeah. I guess that's the uh, <laughs> geometric shape we're going with. Uh, but yeah, so we are going to be talking about the final season of Supergirl and, uh, your experiences watching the final season. We know how, what our experience was on Supergirl Radio, but we are very curious to see if uh, if you all had uh, similar or different experiences uh, with the ending of this show. Now, previously, we, hit, we held a Supergirl roundtable in June of 2020, which seems like 10 years ago now. Uh, but now that the We were show, all so much younger then. We were so much younger then. <laughs> But now that the show has actually wrapped up, we thought it might be nice to catch up uh, with our fellow podcasters and uh, see what y'all had to say about the final season. And we'll take some questions from the chat if you're in the live chat and you have questions for uh, the folks on our panel, our round table, our geometric shape here. Mm-hmm. Uh, p- feel, feel free to drop any questions or comments that you have for them. And I guess the first thing that we could start talking about um, so if you can go back, it's been a long time now since uh, before season six began. Uh, it's been such a long time. Uh, but I'm curious, what what were your hopes going into uh, the final season of Supergirl? Did you have expectations? Did you have things that you wanted to see? Uh, so that's the first thing that we're going to talk about. So, uh, Justina, you're you're the first on my uh, my row here. I don't know if that's the same with everybody, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess I guess we'll start with you and kind of go down go down our, our shape here. So Justina, what, what were your hopes going into the, uh, the final season of Supergirl? I wanted uh, something very simple. I wanted a happy ending and I wanted um, Alex to get a family. Those are all great things. And uh, your, your expectations paid off. <laughs> you, you got, you got your hopes, uh, hopes and dreams for the show. So that's awesome. 
so Cyclops from Supergirl's Attic, uh, what were the things that you were maybe, or did you, I guess I'm just assuming everybody had hopes and expectations going into the final season. Maybe I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't assume that, but did you have, <laughs> did you have any things that you wanted to see in the final season? Uh, well, we had our very niche uh, once of musical <laughs> references. <Vivi> yes. And, <laughs> um, and then mostly just like, I, you know, big feelings <laughs> uh, that, you know, Super Bowl can often reach, like the sad crying, the happy crying, the many hugs, etc. Well, uh, that I think there were some there were some of that. Did, did you feel like some of those uh, expectations were fulfilled? Um. Definitely toward the beginning. Okay. We'll get to the <laughs> that was the most loaded um I've ever heard. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess we'll go uh, to your co-host on Supergirl's Attic. Uh, Vivi, did you have any? Uh, did you have any different expectations, or were you all kind of feeling the same thing going in? Um, so. <laughs> yeah, we're only allowed to have the same thoughts. Um, <laughs> I I had like certain things that I assumed they would do just because it was a final season and they needed closure on certain storylines. But I think mm -hmm. my biggest things were in terms of things I hoped to see were reappearances by the original cast um, as much as they could because of COVID. And then just for there to be an emotionally satisfying conclusion. Yeah. And uh, I, I think <laughs> depending on uh, your expectations, uh, maybe I think you got, I think you got those in Some the end. of it. <laughs> <laughs> to varying levels of satisfying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had some uh, really good uh, guest stars or, or fun, former full-time regulars mm. uh, come back in the end. So that was, uh, a good payoff for the final season. All right, so John, did you have hopes, dreams, expectations for the final season, and uh, did did you get to see them realized? Uh, absolutely, I had a good expectations in that I wanted them to go back to the formula where we saw Kara walking through something that also had reflections on Supergirl walking kind of in the same thing, and so we would see how they reflected off of each other and how they grew each other a lot, a lot like how season one was constructed. What we got out of season six, I didn't really see that until possibly the very end. And it seemed like it was just compressed to packed in for time. And I wish that we had gotten some of those beats stretched out a lot further so that we could get a lot further mm -hmm. uh, with, with both sides of Kara and Supergirl. Yeah, I think it did sort of circle back to the beginning a little bit there uh, towards the end. So uh, if, if you wanted some of that season one feel, I think uh, perhaps you got it a little bit there at the end. Uh, Shelly, did you have any uh, hopes and dreams for the final season of Supergirl? And, and did you think that they, uh, they, they came true? I did have some uh, hopes for Supergirl uh, season six, and some of them did come true. Um, I wanted Kara to like kind of close up her series long laments of um, her kind of just, I wanted her to be comfortable being Kara and, and be content with that. Um, I also wanted her to find someone and so she wouldn't have to be alone, which seemed to be like a recurring thing for her. And um, I'm, I also wanted to see Kat Grant again. So hmm. that happened and I was glad for that. You got Kat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was super pumped about that. So I'll, yeah. I'll take that. That's a, that's a huge win. Yeah. I, I don't know about y'all, but did you, I, I guess this is kind of a question for everybody. So 
jump in if you feel like you want to answer. But uh, were you surprised by uh, Callista Flockhart coming back at, at the end? Because it, it was kind of, uh, it was not really announced. She just kind of showed up. Were you all surprised by that? I was surprised they kept it a secret. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. yeah. Usually they they tell you when when exciting things are happening guest <laughs> guests wise, or you find out, somehow. or it gets spoiled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's something that people have been asking for. Like you think they would have maybe at least hinted at it. Yeah, yeah. I think fact, they forgot like, the oh, show was still on by that point. In season two. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, Calista Flockhart is on this show. <laughs> it really shined big her absence in mm-hmm. in. Like just the few minutes that she was on there, it was like, wow, we have mm-hmm. truly missed this presence. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, so you even get like blown the music away. coming in. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you're like, oh, this is a season one yeah. <laughs> score. Yeah. And it feels yeah. very like that, that energy. Yep. Yeah, she she came back on and seemed to pick up right where they left off, and uh, she she definitely brings a different energy uh, to the show and a different um, a, something different for Kara too. I think when when Cat is uh, opposed in, in a scene, uh, or I guess in a like a like when Callista is a scene partner for Melissa, it makes things a little more. I don't know. I don't know what it what it what it is what that I'm trying to describe, but it, there's something that elevates. I think Kara in a way when Callista and and Kat are on the screen with her because it feels mm-hmm. like uh, she has mm-hmm. a mentor. She has someone to look up to, someone who uh, is invested in Kara's growth. And yeah, I think no. that was kind of uh, nice for me personally. I always yeah, felt maybe. like Callista like pushed the scenes in a way that like, like the pacing, like her pacing really just like made even like doll scenes in the office where they were just like chit chatting. It made it exciting. Yeah. She has yeah. a real, a real screen presence that uh, you, you get, you can't just uh, duplicate anywhere else. Right. She is very, very good. Uh, Morgan. So I, I'm just curious for us here at Supergirl radio. When, when, when we went around uh, the, the round table, I guess, yeah. uh, d- does, do any of these answers surprise you? Uh, or I guess any any of these uh, expectations and hopes uh, that everybody talked about? No, I think we had very similar hopes going into season six. We hoped it would be about Carr. We hoped that there would be some throwbacks to uh, to season one to take it full circle. We hoped to see Cat Grant. Um, we hoped that people were, were going to end up in a, a nice place at the end. Um but with some, you know, focus on them. So I think that that's, I feel like uh, as, uh, as a panel, as a Brady Bunch situation here, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all, we all hoped for the same things going into the final season. I, I, I feel like there's a, you can hear everybody kind of echoing the same things. They, we, we wanted those things for the characters and for Supergirl. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat to hear that we all kind of we probably talk about things in different ways, but it seems like we all kind of uh, sort of got to the same place uh, no matter what. So I guess the the next question we could go into is um, were there things that surprised you about season six that uh, did that weren't part of your expectations, uh, but something that, you know, surprised you about the story or the characters or their direction that they were taking it? taking it um justina uh what did you have anything that kind of uh surprised or shocked you in the uh the final season how compelled i was by nixley i was not expecting Mm. that going in i didn't have any uh background on the character so i didn't have any real excitement uh but peter Sargent just 
was so compelling that I was sold right away and just really, uh, really attached me to the story in a way that I didn't think was going to happen because it wasn't anything that I was familiar with going in. Yeah, Nixley, uh, as far as I'm aware, is only in a Superman comic. Like She doesn't have a lot of uh, yeah. uh, comic book mythology behind her. And so they could, the show could pretty much do, I guess, whatever they wanted to with her. And so I, I agree. She was definitely a, a, a pleasant surprise for season six. So that's a great, uh, great answer. Uh, Cycles, did, uh, was there anything uh, that surprised you about season six? When uh, Vivi and I were looking over <laughs> this question, <laughs> we had the same like first instinct <laughs> reaction, oh, no. which was the lizard faces. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> Truly, um, an oh my god moment. <laughs> genuinely unexpected thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, then also just um, like the the device with the gauntlet. Uh, the very first one, which was the courage one, and like the pilot scene that they used on the plane, mm. it was they turned it around in a way I didn't expect, and at first in a great way that I enjoyed a lot, which was like, oh, what does it all mean? And then we sort of realized how they were going to end the series based on that, um, and then slightly less positively surprised at the end when the sort of creation of Supergirl was associated with cowardice, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good some, point. Some turns. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, Nicole in the chat says we will never know what the lizard face transition meant. Uh, so I am actually curious if anybody uh, in on the round table has a theory about, uh, about the lizard faces. Uh, I, I would love to hear it because I, I like to think of it as something that like all of us us who talk and, and think about the show a lot will just like years down the line go, but the lizard faces. <laughs> kind, of like, kind of like, who was the head of Leviathan? You know, like it's just, yeah. just things that will haunt us. It was yeah. Celine Dion. We revealed that on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. That was our insight, our inside information. Celine nice. Dion was the head of Leviathan. Nice. I love it. Nice. It, it makes scenes. as much sense as anything that season. Yeah, so. at least it's we have an answer. Purely Canadian, or... just like Lena's heritage, which was another <laughs> surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Vivi's getting to her answers now. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So, uh, so Vivi did. Uh, was that was that what was so surprising to you, Lena, going going uh, home uh, back east? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Ireland, a, like they they did all of it on a soundstage, so it was just such a. A choice, I guess. Um, like, <laughs> I was saying, I was like, is it like New York City where they have like rules that they have to include Canada somehow? Like, <laughs> it was, it was just, a, it was like a random thing. My genuine, actual, pleasant surprise was them adding Kenny Lee back in after the oh, crisis yeah. reset. Like, I loved that. Mm -hmm. It was a nice change for for Kara to have a relationship that didn't end in something terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still ended though, and that's what counts. Yeah, <laughs> oh, bringing it back to set. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ken Kenny Lee was actually a, a pretty welcome surprise uh, for us on Supergirl Radio. Uh, it, it was strange that he didn't show back up in the the present timeline, um, but mm -hmm. who knows uh, where uh, Kenny Lee or what he's doing, uh, where he is or what he's doing now. But uh, it was good to see that uh, callback. Uh, so, John, uh, what surprised you about season six? So, I was was not <laughs> uh, a good surprise in that Zorel was actually there. They actually brought him back and then yeah. he actually left. 
and and we didn't. They had and I get it. together though. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He had to go back to Argo City and be with Allura, and, I, and I'm all for that. But that was just that was really poor execution in the family dynamic, and it mm-hmm. and it and and I, and I really love that our listeners picked up on. It kind of makes the whole sacrifice that she made. It just makes it mean something different, and and I, I just echoed that, and I, I didn't really understand why they chose to go in that direction with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose they they gave Kara a bit of a happy ending with both of her parents, uh, but it was also very a very a very strange choice choice not to have her reunite with both of her parents on screen. That seemed like a missed opportunity uh, for us. Uh, but yeah, so that's a that's a great point. Um, Morgan loved seeing Zorel. It in was season cr- six. <laughs> Listen, Jason Bear looking great, looking great, looking much like he that's looked fair. on Roswell. Oh my God. Does he More alien representation. Exactly. He felt right at home there because he was like, yes, exactly. Aliens, my people. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Zorel was an interesting uh, surprise, uh, but in, that all could have worked. Yeah. It, it all could have worked if we if he was just a part of her vision quest or whatever in the in the Phantom Zone, and like he was there quite had... randomly. Yeah. It was just like, oh, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> right? And but yet they chose to bring him back, which I thought, okay, we're going to go there, and then yeah. they didn't go there. <laughs> so, anyway. Zarell and Alora, uh, two controversial <laughs> returns <Yes. laughs> to life. <laughs> yeah, they they could have done so much more with them. Uh, I think they had too many totems to track down to uh, to, to, <laughs> to do anything sadly with them. Uh, Shelly, uh, were there any things, uh, or was there anything? I guess I could say uh, that surprised you about the final season. Um, I guess Lex being in it wasn't actually like a surprise, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he was pining after someone, like that he was mm-hmm. like this lovesick mm-hmm. thing. I, <laughs> That was sociopaths. It was kind of horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know, like, I felt like through the season, like, Nixley was trying to figure it out. And I was just like, kind of with her, like, is he serious? Is this real? (laughs) Um, But it it was. Yeah, uh, sure it, it, sh- it shouldn't be surprising that Lex Luthor showed up at the end of the season to be like, surprise, I'm the big bad. I've been orchestrating things all along. <laughs> you might be surprised to learn I've been behind the scenes all along. It's like, <laughs> haven't you been, though, for like the last three seasons? <laughs> at least. Surprised now? Exactly. <laughs> but, but that's a good point, Shelley, about Lex and, and Nixley. It was kind of a, a turn that they took with him to have him writing love poetry uh, in his in his journals, uh, so that was a different yeah. twist on Lex Luthor. If only he and Brainy could have bonded over writing the love poetry. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. That yeah. could have been an interesting turn for his character. Yeah, yeah. Brainy's like, I'm back on Team Lex. <laughs> <laughs> Brainy's reading it, going like, This isn't bad. <laughs> it didn't feel right. Like when they when they released it in the news and they were like reading what he wrote, I was just like, This just feels wrong like i felt like i was like witness to something that 
<laughs> maybe isn't an eight o'clock slot kind of thing. I don't know. Like it made me feel dirty. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we could uh, kind of maybe go in a different direction for the next question. Uh, Donna in the chat asks uh, for the panelists, what do you think was the biggest disappointment of season six? Hmm. Uh, so I guess uh, we'll talk about that. Um, so uh, Justina, do you have a, a big disappointment? Was there anything that uh, kind of let you down on the final season? I didn't have anything that I was super upset about, uh, except for the amount of screen time for Kara and Alex. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big one, uh, I think. Uh, so I I think a, a lot of us would probably agree about that. They could have used a little more screen time. Uh, let's see, uh, cycles. Uh, was there anything that was uh, a disappointment for you in the final season? Uh. As I like to call it, characterization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unleash the essay that lives in your heart. Go. <laughs> okay, so they, they basically took like hope, help, and compassion, and most of Kara's like positive qualities, and made the argument for why she frequently does not have them. I think they sort of subverted like her core as a hero in a way that I was not expecting and was very much not in line with the rest of the series, um, especially with the compassion part of it. Um, and she sort of lost her moral backbone <laughs> at the end with Alex when she was like, oh, I just can't fight her on this. I don't know why. When we've seen her season after season be like, no, like have a very strong moral stance about like, we have to choose the greater good over our like personal family stuff. And that's been a been a big piece of like contention between the sisters um you know going back to that sister content thing um which would have been interesting to explore but i think because the whole thing was rushed at the very end um did not really get the opportunity to do that yeah uh, i think there was more they could have done with Kara and alex and uh for for me personally uh the 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 characterization uh that i didn't much care for was her throwing the hope totem into the sun uh, mm -hmm. That seemed like yeah. a, a strange choice for Supergirl, <laughs> a character who is all about uh, hope, uh, very specifically. Uh, so I, I agree that was some some was of that a, maybe could have been better. Yeah, it was a quarantine writers in quarantine uh, disillusioned with a world choice. <laughs> <laughs> it did have that vibe. It really did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Vivi, did uh, did you have anything that um, just kind of let you down in the final season? I will compliment that with uh, my my biggest item which was alex related um as someone who has been a parent to a non-biological child i was really disappointed with the way they wrapped up her storyline mm -hmm. as far as becoming a parent there was not enough of her voice in it which kyler even kind of said in a live after the show ended and uh she mm -hmm. never had her own scenes with esme to like sell the emotional connection there was not a lot of reflection on her role within the Danvers family being Kara's sister, her connection with her own mom, except kind of a contrived thing at the end in the wedding. Um, and for a show that historically portrayed transracial and just, you know, multicultural adoption very well, I feel like the final season really just dropped the ball entirely, especially in the conflict at the end where she just refuses to acknowledge that Kara's experiences as an alien in an adopted family had any value 
or or maybe had to point. Um, and they kind of just erased over that in a way that contradicted Alex's realization that she was missing things in her relationship with Kelly. And it felt very off in in a way that was just disappointing. Yeah, uh, the 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 way that they sort of dismissed uh, some of Kara's own experiences was a little bit of a disappointment uh, for me. And I think you made a good point about Alex and her 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 voice in terms of the adoption uh, that she could have. Um, it sounded sounded like uh, you wanted more of Alex to uh, to have uh, more of a perspective and have her her voice in terms of the story uh, come through. I, I think that could have been uh, the case for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, John, uh, was there anything in the final season that disappointed you? Uh, absolutely, uh, blind spots. I, I just I will never ever get on board with what um, what was done there. I just. Uh, I found it to be offensive. I found it to be absolute character assassination. And I just will never um, be able to get over what they allowed uh, that story to be. So, uh, Are you saying, I'm just curious, are you uh, talking about the character assassination of a specific character? Uh, are you talking about Supergirl? What, what, I'm just curious. No, just saying that what they... What they decided to let Ozzy uh, write and present was that uh, the white superheroes did not care about the uh, the problems that were going on with other races, and it was, I mean, it was it was it was horrible, and I just I will never get over, you know, why they chose to do that and why they allowed that to be presented that way. Yeah, especially since Supergirl had been protecting National City for five seasons prior. Right. Uh, that that I, I understand that point of view. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Shelley, wa- was there anything that disappointed you in uh, season six? Uh, at the end of the season, the portrayal of the Danvers sisters and uh, specifically the conversation between Alex and Kara um, regarding Esme and, and her powers, I, I just find it more than hard to believe that Alex would talk to Kara that way and dismiss her point of view that easily and that brutally. Um, It just didn't sit well with me at all. It kind of, I I didn't understand why they, they needed that conflict so close to the end of the show. Um, I don't know. That was, that was very disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, towards the end of the season, I was like, "Ugh, I don't like Alex. What is she doing? Like, what's yeah. making her do?" Yeah, <laughs> it was they, very, very strange. They kind of used it as this impetus for Kara being like, "Oh, I guess it's okay to be a alien publicly now." When Alex was the driving force behind her, not, and so that just it didn't make sense. <laughs> so much of it didn't make sense. Like they had whole episodes dedicated to reasons like why Kara kept her identity a secret and how hard she worked to like get her powers under control when she first arrived. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like Alex was like a huge driving force in in all of that. And Mm -hmm. her about face was not necessarily wrong, but just like out of character. 
Yeah, it did seem like a lot of that was out of character at the end. Well, I felt like we would have just needed like a bridge to show how she got there and we got no such thing. She just no. showed up. She started at one place. She ended at another place and I don't know how she got there. She teleported. <laughs> well, it's funny because Vivi and I have talked about this. It's not necessarily outside of Alex's character to feel those things or to react in the way that she did. The show just usually sort of steers her back to an understanding with her sister in a way where it just kind of landed in that in that separated place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, those are all uh, some good uh, answers uh, in terms of uh, disappointment, I guess. So let's talk about maybe the the flip side of it. Maybe things we enjoyed about uh, the season because we're all fans of Supergirl in the show. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure there are things about the final season that we enjoyed. Um, so, Justina, uh, what, what's what's one thing in the final season of Supergirl that you just you just really liked? Esme. Ah, yes. <laughs> You're stealing all of ours. Uh, our answer. <laughs> what, 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 did, what did you like about Esme? She is just. Uh, she really just brought this brightness to uh, the season that uh, wasn't there before. And she has such a, a fun personality. And I, I just loved her from the first moment. Yeah, she came in sassy in her first appearance talking about <laughs> justice. Uh, so, yeah, Esme was a, a very, a very welcome addition to the final season. Uh, good answer. Uh, Cycles, uh, what, what's what's one thing in uh, the final season that you really loved? Well, keeping on the cute kids train, <laughs> we had <laughs> Joey and his brother Orlando. Oh, yeah. Really liked yes. the addition yeah. of those characters. <laughs> um, and the way that they were involved in the Super Friends um, and and. We kind of got to know them. We kind of lost track of them. <laughs> and, uh, but it was also nice to see him give his little hope speech. Um, and I also just generally um, 6A emotional content, like the beginning and culminating in that fear not episode, I thought was really well executed. The one with the, you know, they all face their different fears on the ship. And then Kara, you know, finally joins them and gives Car uh, Alex the big hug. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they did uh, sort of pay that off uh, there in that episode. So good answers. Uh, Vivi, uh, what's uh, what's uh, one or maybe several things? You can name several things if you want to. Uh, things that you really uh, enjoyed about the final season. Uh, well, kind of two things. One was just a, a, a broader one that maybe wasn't totally expected, but I thought the closure on Nia's relationship with her sister was really well done where it was like, they landed in a place where there was room to reconcile, but there was still mm. like a, you know, you did something wrong and you're going to have to work that off. Um, but the the other piece I, I do want to highlight kind of similar to cycles that the stuff in the front part of the season, actually, while Melissa was still on maternity leave and they were still dealing with the bulk of the COVID reg regulations that were creating a lot of hindrances to filming. I actually thought that one did the, the best job of working around all of those limitations and did the most solid character work because they had to think so carefully about who was going to be in what parts of which episodes like 604, which was lost souls where mm -hmm. you have Kara and Alex actually acting in parallel, despite being separated by whole universes. And the point being that all of the characters were trying to honor Kara's values and that Alex is a hero, even though she was the only one on the team who did not have superpowers and she still got to save the day. Like that episode was really solid. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lost Souls. What a what a great episode. Uh, good, good good points. And I, you know, Sentinel has some powers, I guess, in the the blue hair streak somewhere. I think uh, she <laughs> gives her some sort of uh, ability, even if it's not uh, a super ability. Uh, John, uh, did was there anything that kind of stuck out to you in the final season as something that you thought was a strong point? Yeah, I've always been a, a Brainy India uh, shipper at and fanatic, and so the way they were able to. Uh, build their relationship, make it a little more grown up. Uh, even though it was weird, very weird at the end, how he was going to leave and then didn't and <laughs> all that, uh, you know, that was not handled maybe the best, but as a fan of theirs, I was glad that things were left in a good place with those two. Do, do we think the Kaluans are just, uh, uh, an extinct, extinct race now? I, I think it's a uh, lights out for them. <laughs> <laughs> No is, more big brain. Is that, is that how people <laughs> understood that? I was just curious. Brainy was uh, hoping for the best. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just like Austin prayers. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it turns out. I guess everything is totally fine. Um, okay. Well, Shelly, uh, what's uh, what's something about season six that uh, that re- you really enjoyed or made you happy? Nixley. Uh, yes. I think Nixley was a great character. I think uh, Peter Sargent did like an amazing job. Um, she was a likable bad guy. And like, I kept wanting her to redeem herself. Hmm. Um, I'm kind of sad that it, they just kind of got sent to the phantom zone. And that's a whole other thing that is a disappointment. So I'll stay away from that. But just her whole arc um, and her backstory was amazing. I, I think she did an amazing job. And I think overall, she's, probably one of my top three favorite villains on the show. Yeah. She really stood out uh, yeah. in, the, in the season as uh, a really strong acting performance. Uh, even, even uh, maybe towards the end, maybe the material wasn't the best. She was still, <laughs> she was still a, a, a great performer and she, she really made that character stand out. And I believe that she was a villain, but I also felt bad for her. And I also thought, you know, she had impish qualities, uh, yeah. which, which tied her into Mixie. So yeah, she's a great villain. Yeah, she yeah. was really. Uh, yeah, go she's ahead. She's good as a uh, counterpoint with Kara as a character mm. as well, who just really likes to believe in the best in people. And Nixley continually saying like, nah, <laughs> which is um, amazingly hilarious. But then also you see moments like we saw with Nixley and Esme where like, oh, am I starting to hope as well? <laughs> because she has that compassion for Esme and like kind of gives weird advice that that kind of works <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it, w- it was neat to see a nixley and Kara interact and have that um um that dynamic uh, mm. opposed to each other but also the the kind of somewhat sweet moment between nixley and esme uh so yeah the she had some good moments with a lot of characters sans um, throat slitting <laughs> well i mean yeah. <laughs> I don't like this story. <laughs> Nobody does. I mean, there is that. Uh, she, I guess she's like, I'm trying, kid. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm a villain from the Phantom Zone. Exactly. That's the uh, kind of story. She had a bunch of uh, stuffed animals in that one scene that she was going to give to Esme, just like Kara. <laughs> so True. In the world, they would be friends. Oh, that's so funny. I, I see a comment from uh, Daryl in the chat that said, uh, in any other season, Nixley might have gotten redeemed 
but they had a wedding to get to. So off she went, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is pretty accurate. I mean, Daryl's not wrong. Uh, I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Uh, Let's go to another question in the chat, because this will lead us into talking about the actual end end of the show. Uh, So Leslie asks, how do you feel about Supergirl ending and where she ended up in the last episode? Um, So I guess we're going to be talking about Supergirl finale. We could include the two parts. I guess it was technically a it was technically a, a finale finale, but they they aired it as two uh, two hours. <laughs> um, so I, I guess we'll start with Justina. Um, what did you think about the actual uh, ending to the show, uh, the Supergirl finale, uh, and and where Kara ended up in the end? How did you feel about that? I really liked where she ended up. Uh, unfortunately for me, I liked it so much that I just got disappointed that that was the end because I felt like this could be an exciting chapter to see what happens. So I was happy because I got a heavy ending of sorts, but I was sad because I was like, I want to see more now. Yeah, that could be a whole other series on its own as Kara is the new uh, head of CatCo. I, I think that would be something to watch, especially. I don't know if they could get Callista Flockhart back, but uh, that would be a really cool to watch. Uh, let's go to Cycles. Uh, what did you think about the finale of Supergirl uh, towards the end of season six and Kara's uh, endpoint? Um, so we had sort of, we, we had seen Kara's end coming for a while where she's going to, you know, come out as Supergirl and Kara. Um, and it's a, ending that I was pretty happy with the way they got there <laughs> made it so that she seemed such so much of a stranger to me throughout like the like middle toward the end of the season that I I didn't really connect to her in the same way experiencing that happy ending of like oh I feel accepted and it was kind of um she was sort of pushed into it in a way where like it didn't feel like it was coming from her but more like the next thing she's supposed to do because it's like the right move like it's the moral thing to do you're being a coward if you don't do it as opposed to like i just want to feel comfortable in the world yeah yeah uh, that's interesting that you you point out that you felt like you couldn't really connect to car i felt a little bit of of that myself uh Part of that is because she made some strange choices, throwing the hope totem in the sun, quitting her job. Uh, It was kind of strange there towards the end. But I think she, you know, landed uh, where maybe she was supposed to. So uh, I guess they stuck the landing on that. But I'm I'm with you. I I had some of those same uh, same emotions there. Uh, Vivi, uh, what did you think about the Supergirl finale and uh, where Carr ended up at the end? Uh, I mean, it had the same kind of struggle that the show running team has always had with pacing of the ending where the story becomes over full and then it kind of rushes to the conclusion. Like cycle said, like we clocked very early that they were setting up for Kara coming around to the, to wanting to integrate all the parts of herself and find a way to be comfortable with that. And I loved that the moment of her being happy in that decision, but the process by which she got there did not have enough of her own voice in it. And it also was very like in season two where the story kept kind of taking things away from her. And then she was like, well, this is what I have left. So (laughs) I guess I'll go for it. And um, that really just didn't feel true to the character, I guess is the best way to put it. It, There just 
Kara is a very assertive person most of the time. So, and, and that just felt like it was missing. And other characters were kind of like being the voices pushing her into a decision that really should have been all about her all of the back half of the season. Yeah, I, I think Kat coming back uh, sort of helped push her there. But uh, but you're right. A lot of that conversation was Kat being like, OK, this is what you're doing. Uh, so I hope you're OK with that. Uh, so uh, there that's a that's a really good point. Uh, John, what did you think about the uh, the end, the technical end of the show and uh, what they what they did uh, for Kara's story and how they they wrapped her up? Right. I I appreciated that they did integrate both sides of Kara and Supergirl and and pushed it forward where I think if my mind keeps going with it, it becomes impractical because. It's not a situation where, okay, Tony Stark is Iron Man and everybody knows that because it's just a suit, right? Tony's not an, an alien with super strength and powers and, and so on and so forth. So I really don't know how Kara is going to effectively function, right? From moving forward because of either just people wanting to be near her because she's so powerful and so super or distracting her from the job that she's supposed to be doing. I mean, it's, it just didn't seem like this was, the, a, again, a practical answer for her. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that she needed to recognize all sides of herself and, and to feel like all sides of herself were important because they are. But the way this was handled left me with more questions than just pure satisfaction. Okay, we're, we're, we're in a good place. Yeah, I felt it, it kind of felt like um, they were the writers were kind of interested in like, well, wh what would happen if this uh, if we did this? And then they parachuted mm -hmm. out before they had to answer. <laughs> the, there's going to be huge repercussions for this for someone else. <laughs> well, it goes back to I mean, what Justina was saying about how like, oh, we want to see what happens next. It's a great idea. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't really have the space in the story to justify why, like how this will work. And yeah. That's a, a compelling yeah. idea. And season four ended similarly too. It, yeah. it had that, like it wrapped up and was like, and now we have solved the problem of <laughs> alien hate crimes. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and there were no more after that. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I, I really wanted to know what would happen if uh, everyone in national city saw Supergirl's face on TV and said, Oh, this is Supergirl. And they're like, yeah, we know we've seen her on TV a million times. Uh, so uh, that's what I wanted to see. The national city, shrug of like yeah we know yeah. we we already figured it out uh so there were lots of questions that they didn't have to answer there at the end uh shelly uh just to reemphasize the question because we've talked so long uh, i wanted to make sure uh we all remember the question uh so shelly uh what did you think about the uh finale of season six and uh car what they did with car at the end i came to peace with it like afterwards i think i think like i was just like you know what it's it's probably good that it's over right <laughs> right now <laughs> um i i feel like we had i don't know 5.85 seasons worth of Kara hiding her identity and it being like a huge thing that she hides her identity and i know they were working at, you know working up the season to like where she merges her identity and is like her authentic self to everyone um, I liked that Kat was the one that helped her do that. Um, I thought ending with 
Melissa's smile at the end was just amazing. Like that was very mm. well done. Um, and I, I kind of like with John, like what happens now? Like, where does she live? Like, <laughs> is she still going to go to Noonan's? Like how's she going to maneuver around? Like her, what she's used to is like Cara Danvers life. Um, because it's, she's like a celebrity now, I guess. So, so does she still write stories? Can she write about Supergirl as Supergirl now? I mean, That's, she she was oh, doing Rebecca, it anyway. She's not going to go to work. Don't worry. <laughs> well, she, she runs it now, right? Yeah, she, oh, oh, she's yeah. still not going to go though. <laughs> she can take extra long lunches. It's fine. <laughs> and like, what about all the stories she wrote where she quoted Supergirl? Like, is there any repercussions for it, that? It feels yeah, like right. in a realistic world, right? This would cause everybody to be like, wait, she should never work in journalism again because she was using herself as her own source. And she wanted to was also very, like, that was pretty early on in her career that that was actually actively happening. And then Snapper fired her and she came back and she wasn't really doing that. that <laughs> on, on the show, so, so is this like Snapper's redemption arc? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great if like right at the end, Snapper just like pops out yes. of the screen and like, gotcha. <laughs> what if Snapper had taken Kat's place and was like... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of questions there uh, with Kara revealing herself as Supergirl. I know they'll never address it, but could that have implications for Superman and Lois? But, you know, I don't think they really recognize that Supergirl is a thing that exists in that world. No, she doesn't exist in that <laughs> she show. She still hasn't come out. <laughs> so that could have some major implications uh, for Superman, but uh, we'll never have to deal with it. Uh, so I guess there is that. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if we have uh, other questions we didn't cover. Uh, let's go into... Uh, oh, I'm curious about this uh, because... Uh, Morgan and I uh, know about what our listeners uh, reacted to, what their thoughts were uh, on you know, on season six and the final season. But I'm curious about what y'all, what your um, experience as podcasters uh, were with the final season. Were your listeners happy? Were they sad? Were they, you know, kind of on board with your thoughts? Like, what, what, what? It, how did, how did you think that your listeners? Um, uh, we're watching Supergirl and experiencing it in the uh, final season. Uh, Justina uh, and John, I guess this could go for both of y'all. Uh, what, what do you think your, your listener feedback was like? People were pretty mad. <laughs> um, there, there was a lot of that. And as the season went on for, for me personally, I just felt so sad that, a show that they loved this much was making them that angry <laughs> because you know the 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 green butterfly loves love and positivity and i just want people to 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 smile when they see their favorite show so when the feedback would come in and i could just tell how hurt they were by some of the story choices or the writing or the turns that we were taking, I just felt bad because there was nothing I could do about it to make it better. But a very it, core it, reaction. It's their <laughs> it's their favorite thing and it's letting them down. Yeah. Yeah, John, was that a, a similar experience for you? Yeah, definitely. And it it, it was disappointing because 
like I don't know how many times I just kept saying, just hang in there. Just, you know, just give it one more week. Just give it. Uh, and it, it did. It, and, and there was disappointment, but, you know, between Justina and myself as well over some of the choices that were made. And, um, yeah, I, for me, season six was such a turnaround from season five because I just, did not enjoy seasons five journey at all. So I felt like season six was coming back out of that. And so I had kind of this buoyancy and, and, and hope that things would come around in that, but just the more the conversation went, the more it was just like, no, this is, this is just not working. And, and, and I think the essential theme of what we kept hearing was this is not Supergirl and hasn't been for a long time. And we were hoping that given the license to have one more season, to know you have the road in front of you, to have 20 episodes to do it, the execution just fell short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you for sharing your experience because uh, we we don't know what your your podcasting experience is like. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, Cycles and Vivi from Super Girls Attic. Uh, what was the, uh, the dynamic between uh, y'all and the listeners in season six? Well, it's interesting to hear all these Supergirl podcasts talk about the hope that you had for <laughs> how the season Your favorite word to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will fight back and thrive. And, um, oh, no. She might know the whole speech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, we had a sort of similar experience uh, that you mm. had, John, where <clears throat> season six the beginning of it felt like such an improvement over season five and i've been talking about it throughout this live podcast episode season like the beginning of season six had a lot of good emotional content and it really felt like it was amping up for something mm. so i think our listeners felt the same way and were like generally pretty excited about where the show was going also we had kind of an idea how it would land like at the very end of it um and as we got toward the end, the excitement kind of fizzled out and got a little bit more in, in the dread zone. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, we had one one listener who was like me at the end of episode 17 going towards the finale. And it was like a little picture of like somebody doing finger guns. It was like low-key enthusiastic. Like, you know, there were not going to be a lot of surprises, but like it would be good. And then after episode 18 ended with like the really contrived, like unnecessary death of William and the kind of shoehorning in of Andrea randomly becoming a Krata for no reason. And we had spent the whole middle thinking like, okay, they're dealing with, the secondary main characters and then the end is going to be, you know, the focus on the original trio yeah. to really close out, you know, the family part of it and, and bring it around to the Kara and kind of like the, there's no place like home and stronger mm -hmm. together. And then it, it didn't. And everyone kind of at the end of 18, I had never seen, and as someone who does fandom research, everyone with such disparate interests in the show be so unified in their emotions <laughs> at the end. Uh, so in one sense, I guess the show did bring everyone together. <laughs> Stronger together, right? <laughs> Suffering together. Yeah, uh, that that is uh, something I think we experienced as well. So uh, that's that's uh, interesting to hear, especially that you do research on that. That's that's pretty cool. I, I, 
that's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm personally interested about the, the Supergirl fandom as a whole. Cause <laughs> I know all of us as podcasters, we all have our, our own communities. So we're in Supergirl radio. I feel like, I don't want to speak for you, Morgan, but I feel like we're in a little bubble sometimes and that we don't know essentially what everybody else is thinking. Um, so it's neat to hear y'all's perspective. Uh, Shelly, uh, what, what were you getting from, uh, from other Supergirl fans in terms of the, the final season and, and what was happening? Uh, what, what were you hearing or, or reading? Um, a lot of our listeners, the feedback we got, they, they just felt it, it was a rushed ending. Um, kind of like what John, I don't know if it was John, or cycles that said that they had like 20 episodes laid out. Like they knew they had this long to like build it up. Um, and then it just kind of, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was that um, a lot of our listeners are super core fans. So there was a lot of disappointment on that front. Um, there was also um, the identity issue. Um like her revealing her identity, that was a questionable thing. Like the logistics of it, like we just spoke about for a lot of our listeners. So there is just like a lot of um, dissatisfaction <laughs> with with the ending. Can yeah. I add something really quick? Sorry, Rebecca. Yeah, go for it. I don't know how many of you have listened to any of like interviews that cast members have given after the fact or anything, but Ozzy Tesfai was on a podcast, I think right around New Year's, where she actually mentioned that that was the third rewrite of season six. So it is very possible that some of it was quite rushed. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. Wow. I did not know that. I, I was kind of struggling the whole time. I was like, you had the whole pandemic. You, you had all so, of this time. The and way this was thing, it? That's one wow. thing. Was it Jay who was talking about it? And, yeah, because he did a Fairbairn. podcast interview as well as someone who's been a longstanding, like a comic and a TV writer. Yeah, mm. where there's this idea that the pandemic gave people more time because there was more like time in between when they start writing and when they finish but there's a lot more production nonsense that is happening in the middle that actually makes it more difficult yeah, yeah. and i have a friend a colleague who is also a tv writer and has been writing throughout the whole pandemic and she said it became logistically much harder because you could not have as many characters uh in a scene and i think it affected the show as an action genre show because of of having to be unmasked with the stunts where there's a lot of people breathing on each other. You saw a lot more CGI villains, especially in the middle. And then the fight at the end, that wasn't a fight. <laughs> um, but, but just also there, she, um, Ozzy specifically mentioned like the pandemic messed up all the plans they had had to work around Melissa's maternity leave. And then oh. that changed it. And then that changed how they broke the whole front of the season and then that changed the whole rest of the season and because she had originally had an episode that was about something completely different and and had, oh. had been approved and then they had to scrap it and everything got started over That's from so like episode 10 onward uh, yeah yeah it was a ptsd from her uh, related to her time um you know in in the army where oh. related episodes so 
That would have been really interesting. Yeah, exactly. It would have been very interesting. It, it yeah, also I would have come on board with that. Yeah. It makes yeah. me wonder if they were planning on doing Guardian earlier in the season, too. Because hmm. one of my complaints was, like, the position of where they had her as Guardian in the season meant that functionally she was like, it's me, Guardian, and then you never saw her. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it was, and Melissa had mentioned this a few times as well, she wasn't supposed to stay in the Phantom Zone as long. But then mm-hmm. because of the timing of how of where she was in her leave. And, you know, of course, for a show that's about supporting women, like by all means, she should be taking her maternity leave. Like people nitpicking that. I was like, okay, stop. That's (laughs) enough. Um, But it went a lot more episodes than they were expecting it to. So then they lost time in the the back two thirds of the season to develop more stuff. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. Whoever just said an episode about Kara and Kelly navigating their trauma, that would have been fabulous. (laughs) <laughs> and Nicole says that in the chat. And yeah, that would have. And, and what a interesting way to, you know, take those two characters and put them together and kind of show them on parallel paths. Like that would have been great. Yeah. Well, they have but. a lot of similar energy in terms of like compassionate people, maybe <laughs> going past boundaries sometimes to be compassionate. <laughs> yes. And it'd be cool to see the ways that they differ. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. They're both helpers. Yeah. So. That's very interesting. I'm gonna have to. There's Alex, who's like (laughs) the opposite energy of both of them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, she's still compassionate, but more like her family (laughs) specifically. Alex is like, I'll help you no matter what. Do you want it? No, I'm still gonna help you. (laughs) I guess I'm a terrible person. I hear those excuses, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. You should still have a quality episode. The season should still be good. I don't care if you have. Uh, problems with COVID or you had to rewrite things. It doesn't uh, mean that you can turn out bad episodes. I guess I'm still kind no. of like a stickler for that. I'm I'm unforgiving. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's but even yeah. worse. So, if they had three go at it, and this is what we got. I mean, that's that's nah, even well, it, worse. It's more well, like think about certain things think about, like set in stone. Think about what would happen. You know, if you're at your own day job and someone walks in and is like, "Hey, you need to redo this whole big project by tomorrow." That's yeah. it's it's a job yeah. like any other job. Yeah. And to yeah. have it held to a different standard is unfair. Yeah, that that I mean, that is tough to have to continue to pivot and pivot and pivot. I mean, things are going to get lost in translation. I don't know. Do they get so lost that Lena becomes a witch? That's the question. <laughs> that also felt like a pandemic. Like we've been locked in our houses on Zoom for too long. We've like, been watching a lot of Merlin. We'll just throw this in. Binge watching Merlin. Yeah. They're like, we have no story for Lena. And someone's like, you know what I was doing this weekend? I got it. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was in Canada. <laughs> which I discovered new. Newfoundland was a place, and so let's. Yeah, yeah they I made mean, her a witch and Canadian. Like it's yes. a lot. It was, it's a lot. It's yeah. too much for her to go through all at once. <laughs> was, were any of your listeners like excited about the witch thing? I feel like the universal re- reaction to that storyline has been, huh? <laughs> Ours were. I think we were, huh? But like in a fun, in way. a fun, it was like chaotic, this is in the like middle. a crack fic. There's like, yeah, there's like a random giant cat, you know, Nixley's being chaotic. We love to see it. And there were there were a lot of 
strange elements happening, but where it was like, we have no idea where this part of it is going. Let's just, we're in for the ride, I guess. Yeah, it felt like what, yeah, it literally, it felt like one of those like pandemic moods where you've just been on Zoom too long and you're like, you know what? We're going to ride this out. Like, let's just see where it goes. (laughs) It was somebody pitching out an idea that was just like, let's get everybody loose and laughing. But then people took it too serious. (laughs) They're like, actually, we love this witch Lena idea. What if she was a witch all along? Conversations with Vivi. <laughs> Remember that when we had that idea to have a podcast? So yeah. <laughs> and I said sure for one week, and then yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a um a, a good way to maybe segue into uh, if if y'all have any questions that you would like to pose to our round table uh, for each other, for us. Uh, this would maybe be a good time to do it if anybody has any questions or thoughts you wanted to to put out there. Does, does anybody have any? Like podcaster questions? Uh, podcaster questions? or like story questions, uh, you know, oh, okay. just kind of either of those. Um, I just wanted to to highlight. So Leela said that the podcast that was mentioned that Ozzy was on was uh, Inside of You with uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Yes. So I have not actually listened to that, but now I'm going to. Yes. I, I'm so David, David thanks, did an episode with him as well. Thank you, Leila. <laughs> um, David Harewood actually did an episode with him also, oh, nice. I think, when his book came out, which I have but have not started reading yet. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there was also an episode with Laura Vandervoort uh, that I found very intriguing because it sounded like she did not have a good time on Supergirl. And I was like, ooh, what's that story? Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Michael Rosenbaum gets a lot of juicy details in his uh, podcast. Everybody warms up to him and spills all the tea. Uh, but, yeah, so if y'all have any uh, questions, I uh, we have a few more questions. Uh, but if anybody has any questions they would like to uh, pose to the roundtable. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, who, which character do you most identify with and why? Give me your psychological background. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is a good question. Morgan, would you like to start? I don't think I can. (laughs) I need need to marinate on this. I need to think about this one. Okay. Does anybody have an answer? Cycles, this is unfair because you probably know my answer. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. You try to keep things interesting. I do. I do try to keep it a mystery, and then you call me out, and you're like, "Just admit it." You, Just admit. <laughs> you know the answer is Alex. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of both of the Denver sisters sometimes, but more Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Would you why? like to share with the class yes. why? But yeah. why? Um, I th- so when I started watching the show, it was the first year that my kiddo was had moved overseas and gotten a job and there were just so many things about Alex with Kara's dynamic of like being a young adult that were just inherently relatable like the calling for needing help with mundane things and then there was also just the Eliza and Alex dynamic was was something that I really liked a lot and it just vibed it was nice cool uh does anybody else uh Justina John Shelly Morgan anybody else (laughs) have an answer that they want to share because, I mean, I'll go. Uh, for for most of the series, I would say Kara, just because I've always loved uh, Supergirl's backstory and how um, she she went through a lot of bad things in her life, things that uh, were traumatizing or sad or something that she had to go through, she had to struggle through, uh, and then she still ended up having uh, an optimistic outlook on life, and she tried to help people. And there are things about 
her in that mm. regard that I, I kind of see in myself, even though I don't have, you know, heat vision and flight abilities. That I, you know I, of. But that I know of. I haven't oh. tried. I haven't tried it. Uh, so maybe, maybe I'll, uh, after we finish, I'll, I'll it could be like Clark said to her. Their powers you'll still grow into. True, true. <laughs> I'll try to see if I can warm up some tea Get with some my more eyes. Sun. Uh, yes. <laughs> so those are things that uh, that I always kind of identified with with Cara, and I struggled a little more in season six. But then now that I think about it, because a lot of my memories of Car in season six was just a lot of people yelling at her um, for seemingly no reason. She wasn't really d- doing anything too wrong, except for throwing the hope totem in the sun, which I'll never forgive the show for doing. But other than that, um, but it seemed like a lot of people were just like hassling her. And so I guess sometimes I feel like that too, where I feel like people are like either, um, you know, just kind of, uh, society in a general term or, you know, people in my sphere uh, day to day, you know, sometimes I kind of feel like that. So I guess in some ways I still sort of identified with Kara, but it was on a different, a mm. different level. Um, so I, I guess I, I, I have that in me, but I also kind of aspire to be like Kara on her best day when she's not throwing the hope mm. totem into the sun. <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess that would be my answer. Just um, trying in your own way to be more like Supergirl. You know, just try. We're, 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 we're never probably going to get there because Supergirl is uh, too good. Uh, but yeah, so something like that. Uh, yeah. So does anybody else have a, have a thought? Yeah, so I would, uh, I, I would certainly identify with Martian Manhunter in mm-hmm. that he is trying to keep the group together. He's trying to solve problems. He, he's not always um, seeking the the best advice or he's sometimes like going off of his own plan and not really you know getting and, and hearing and bringing in and, and i feel like i could get into that kind of mind space a little too easily so yeah i, I definitely identify with a lot of what he was dealing with nice good answer nice. martian manhunter is a quality character so high five Such a good one yeah. He was a Do paragon space of dead energy honor. <laughs> space <laughs> dead energy. That's right. Uh, Justine, like, oh, so, go say, ahead. I Morgan. feel like what I want my answer to be is Lena because I also like to wear impractical outfits to situations <laughs> that I shouldn't be wearing them to. Uh, but I, a little rebellious. But I think that's the more fun answer. You know, sometimes I'm like, "Am I a witch?" Uh, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not from that Canada. Uh, at yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but I, I think maybe, maybe I, I relate to Kara as well. Like, I think I try to be optimistic like she does and, and see the best in people, uh, even though sometimes like Lena, I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, I think her, her optimism and her, her ability to try to see the bright side of things and see the, the good in people. I, mm-hmm. on my best days, I hope that I'm close. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not all of my days are my best days. Some days are my throwing the hope totem into the sun. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> That's uh, gonna be the new expression. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like, I could just throw a hope totem into the sun this <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, Justina, Shelley, are there any characters on the show that you uh, identify with? Um, I identify with Brainy, and I'm gonna start by saying it's not the intellect. Um, <laughs> it's I'm a programmer and work in IT, and I've always had. Uh, difficulty with with emotional cues um Mm. i often say things that 
I feel it's just the truth, but it's not, you know, something you should say. Um, my wife really helps out with that. <laughs> um, like Nia, Brittany. <laughs> yes. I mean, my Shay, a lot of time is just like, no. <laughs> That's, and I'm just like, okay. And I'll stop. <laughs> um, and like, uh, I operate things logistically, like, does it logistically make sense to include this in a conversation? No. So I'm not going to do that. And like when people ask me questions, I just answer your question and it might just be a yes or no. And you might stand there and look at me and like want more, but I don't know why you want more because I answered your question. So it, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. just like a, just my way of thinking. Um, and like mm-hmm. the, the way I relate, relate to people. Well, so, sometimes I think that's, that's yeah, you, you share you share the big brain. I think that's needed sometimes. <laughs> that you know, just a straight answer. I, I appreciate that. So, so, uh, so thank you for that, uh, Justina. Is there a character on the show that you that you feel like you connect to? Um, I think Alex, um, because I mean, clearly Alex is way more adventurous than me, and I'm never gonna like <laughs> jump off a building backwards or anything like that. <laughs> But, but her um, her coming out story really resonated with me as being very similar to mine. And also, I'm a big sister and her protectiveness uh, to Kara, you know, I always was really connected to that. Um, because I felt like that's how I felt about my younger siblings. So I think Alex... That's a nice. good answer. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess um, if anybody else, does anybody else have a question for the group? Uh, we have a couple of questions to end our discussion, but if anybody else has any questions, now is the time to ask them. If anybody does. So, okay. Discuss. <laughs> the, uh, Debate. There was, there was such a, a, a hurdle with folks going back and messing around with Midvale back from season three, bringing Kenny Lee back into the present and what the implications for that meant. But yet, like we talked about not bringing Kenny Lee into the present. So if you went back and screwed with what was one of the, I think best episodes of the series, why didn't you pay it off in the present? Ooh, that's a really Ooh. good question. So we're dealing with time travel. So uh, <laughs> this will this will be a free for all. So if you if you have an answer or a thought, just jump in. I just feel like they wanted to do something with Crisis. They were like, everything's different now because of Crisis. So Kenny <laughs> Lee is alive, and that's why it's different because of Crisis. And they didn't think that people were going to be like, oh, they're bringing back this like sort of major character from like a, a fan beloved episode. That must mean something. And they were like, <laughs> shoot, it didn't. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think those two episodes served a couple functions. One was to say things about the character of Kara without having Melissa around. <laughs> so they got yep. to, you know, uh, have the young actress play Kara and then also explore her identity. We had um, scenes with Kara, young Kara and Nia and the, kind of their alienness. And mm, yeah. Alex be like, <laughs> stop it, you two. <laughs> Stay in the closet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, they also got to... Um, just sort of 
they got to explore the obviously Nia and Brainy stuff. Um, what was the other thing I was thinking about? I th- well, tell me. Kara and Kara and Kenny's ultimate conversation came around to Kara realizing that she needed to make okay. more choices for herself, which I think for me closed the door on Kenny. I had no expectation that he would come back in the present. It that wasn't the function of the character. He was there really as an alternate path of, you know, Kara was too afraid that he'd realize she was an alien to ever do anything in the original Midvale episode. And in this one you see he does know and it's okay and she's had a she has a really a romantic relationship that is successful and doesn't end in tragedy <laughs> and yeah and she and, still still comes to the conclusion like i'm locking myself into things cuz i feel obligated to i need to mm-hmm. think of think of myself go ahead yeah. sorry well when you think about season 2 it was sort of a um, season two into season three, when Kara lost Monel and then had this decision about her whole life that was like, I don't get to have happy things because of who I am. She then gets to experience a relationship that works out uh, with Kenny and doesn't have that as a representative in her head that like, I don't get to have romantic relationships, therefore I don't get to be happy generally. Um, and then she also um, gets to make a decision that's like, this is for me. Um, and it doesn't end horribly. <laughs> and then um, it just didn't sort of follow forward into our, like the car that we experienced after those episodes, having like had a realization about those moments. It was more of just us witnessing it happen. Yeah, the uh, the time travel seemed so unnecessary to me altogether because uh, they could have just time traveled back before Lex <laughs> shot uh, Supergirl into the Phantom Zone. So I had a <laughs> I had a real tough time getting on board with the time travel just because it didn't make sense. Uh, I mean, when they were going back, but yeah. I, but I think those are all really good points in terms it of was, Kenny's it, functionality there. But it was also solving the problem of Melissa was not there. Like, true, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, they they had to well, do something with Kara, and uh, they they went with the younger version, who I love. I love I the, they, the younger. I would Kara. almost argue that the best Kara episodes were the young Kara episodes this season. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I um. In addition to that, I there's uh, a lot of our listeners were talking about how in Midvale, Kenny was such a big aspect of that original young Danver sisters. Uh, coming together, them, mm-hmm. them as sisters. And w- if he's alive, you know, do they have that kind of, you know, how do they become close as sisters? Uh, mm-hmm. Does that erase that kind of story for them? So there, there are a lot of uh, aspects of the the Kenny Lee thing. I, I also was like, why would you bring him back from the dead if you weren't going to do anything with him? He could have just stayed dead. Uh, so I had a lot of questions about Kenny Lee. So that's actually a a great question to put forth to the panel. Does anybody else, uh, before we wrap up that question, uh, does anybody else have any Kenny Lee thoughts? I'll just say that I like what, what Vivi said, and it actually makes me think differently about the storyline instead of just being like, oh, they wanted to, you know, do some crisis crisis nonsense and they didn't think you know they didn't think about bringing it back around i like the idea of uh of showing you know that that car could be happy and have a normal relationship and just have it end in a normal way like she's going to a different college no one gets sent off in a pod anywhere uh <laughs> no one she's dies traumatized because she thinks she let someone die yeah like you no know, <laughs> yeah. like they did at the end with william it's fine oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I think that makes me sort of appreciate it more. I, I did like that they that they brought the character back and I did like that 
how we got to see those interactions with Kara. So I think overall, those episodes, to me at least, were successful. So now now I'm looking at it a little bit differently. It wasn't like, oh, hey, are they ever going to do anything with that? It was like, oh, no, that's what they did. You know, that was their maybe their whole plan. Yeah, it's a different way of looking at it. So thank you all for sharing your thoughts. Uh, do you all have two uh, uh, time for two more questions and a round of snap judgments? Would y'all be into that? Is everybody cool on time? Yes. Okay, sure. cool. All right. So uh, there is a question in the chat, and then I'll also go back to my trusty Google Doc for the uh, the final question. Uh, so uh, Leela has a question for all of us. If you could have pitched one episode topic for this season, what would it have been? So if you uh, had the ability to write an episode of Supergirl in the final season, or at least uh, craft a story for a character, uh, what would you have wanted to see? And this is a, a free for all. You can just jump in. This may take some time to think about. <laughs> I feel like we, th- there were so many that, that we have pitched over, <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Not, none of them that I think would have been able to be uh, fit in season six. No, no. I think it was the ship had probably sailed on director bones by that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he could have come back in, but, at the end when they rebuilt the DEO. I guess you could have. If, if they just at the right at the end when the, there's a new DEO and everybody's got their own like centers for excellence or whatever, they just show <laughs> they just show Alex shaking hands with a skeleton man. Then they never explain it. <laughs> that would have been enough for me. <laughs> I think you also one of our, our our big pitches that we always came back to was Nasty Luther. So uh, if y'all don't know, Nasty Luther is a character in the comic books. Uh, she's the niece of Lex. Luther in the comics, uh, and she's a foe of Supergirl around the the seventies eighties time period in the comics, and uh, we we love the idea of Nasty Luther, and uh, and I, and I repeatedly she- pitched that she should also just be Katie McGraw, but in a different wig. So we almost <laughs> we got halfway there in this season, but not yeah. in the way I want it. <laughs> we could we could have had three Katie McGraws if they had played their cards right. Exactly. She she went on a, a a journey to find her her family heritage. She could have found out that she had a cousin named Nasty. <laughs> I think you could have done that <laughs> instead of. Finding out she was a witch, she could have been like, oh, my God, and you look so much like me. And Nasty Luther could have been like, I don't see it <laughs> in the bad wig. Lena's like, oh, your name's Nasty. That's saying things about my, my lineage again. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, now I'm down a spiral again. <laughs> Anybody they could have else? taken the Janet Jackson route and just had Lena drop a, a Miss Luther if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> just something for us <laughs> right exactly a pun will do anybody else have any stories that you wish they had done I'm not sure if this I would have worked uh, in terms of getting cast members on um, but Alora and Eliza and mm, yes. know, Zarell at this point having like I don't know just a Thanksgiving dinner or something <laughs> where they're interacting and, and um, maybe throwing a conflict in there to see the different ways that they perceive like their relationship with Kara and then Alex's involvement and all and that. And Jean being there too as like extra <gasps> dad. Yeah. Ooh, that yes, would be ooh. good. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a parent battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That actually would have been really interesting to see if like 
Carr's biological parents felt any weirdness about like meeting, you know, Eliza and, you know, Space Dad and things like that. Maybe they get in an argument about some sort of mission that she's on where like <laughs> where Zora is like, I've got, you know, I know how she should fight that garbage monster and yeah. Space Dad is like, no, no, no. trash monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One no, of no, the other delight. Yeah. The trash. Delightful surprises. Oh, poor Calyx, the trash monster. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to see something like a second part of Midvale, like the original. I, as as Kara was going through this kind of self-discovery of, you know, I just need to devote myself to Supergirl. We went through this season three arc of her deciding that, you know, I have to be Kryptonian. I can't be human. There's just no way that's going to happen. And I would have loved to see her and Alex go back to Midvale, spend some quality time with Eliza and really explore what it means to have this human family, why it's important, why it built who she is today. And, you know, what those implications could have looked like. I know that sounds like a lot of exposition and a lot of talking, but <laughs> that's I what think... I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, no, but I just... really there's emotional conversations or what, yeah. you know, at the yeah. end of the day. Character beats. What? Yeah, that would yeah. be <laughs> excellent. I just would have loved to seen the balance between. Yes, I understand that I need to be full-time superhero, but there's also a ton of value in being this full-time human, uh, you know, and, and the family aspects that come along with that. And I just feel like we got, shorted that i have a silly one uh Go someone on. in the chat just mentioned akrata and i would have loved an ongoing storyline of andrea trying to set herself up to to hang out with supergirl <laughs> constantly <laughs> and trying to use Kara to do it and then being like Kara, what are you doing here and just awkwardly <laughs> having yeah. to see Kara explain her way out of it and then <laughs> Andrea becomes a Krata, like to try to get closer to Supergirl. And it's just becoming like a whole big thing. She's like a fan. Yeah. <laughs> but not in the it's creepy way like, like the cults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrea joins the cult of Raoul is your pitch? No. <laughs> that's, that's definitely if she revives the cult of Raoul. Yeah, no. But she like turns it into like more of a more of a like a like a fan club though it's more <laughs> she's just her... she's doing it for the likes like, yes, yes. The likes. yeah <laughs> she runs the fan and page she, for and then she discovers the way that she is her hero <laughs> she goes on her hero's journey as a krata and is like no i'm yeah. different in these ways <laughs> yeah that, that might have been actually interesting to see more from a krata <laughs> instead of uh seeing her talk about the the cat coat rankings uh you know, versus the Daily Planet. <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy that they made Andrea more engaging in season six. I was just a little bit bummed that, you know, they brought in the character of Akrata and that felt like something that some of the, the Latin writers in the room had pitched at the end of season four into season five. And then none of them had returned. And so it got shafted. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, lost, it it felt was... like for Andrea, there was no reason she actually had to be a Krata for the story purposes. <laughs> like, no. She could have just broken into those offices and grabbed <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> I guess that also makes me think of Magan. Uh, she oh, disappeared yeah. uh, um, at some point. Uh, she went out on patrol, and we don't know where Macon <laughs> Macon went. Uh, we know she's in she the got wall a shot out. She, she, yeah, out she end, yeah, she's stuck in the the painting in Esme's room. So uh, we're just we're just gonna assume that she's somewhere with Wynn's girlfriend in season two. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
forgot about her. What's her oh. name? <laughs> Lydia. Uh, Lydia. Oh, Lydia. right. Yes. It, it started with an L. Yeah, Lyra. 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 Yes. Lyra. Lyra. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Lyra. That's, that makes more yes. sense. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would probably pitch like a whole Magan storyline in, in the Ooh, background. Yes. Like, what was, what, was, what was she doing? Was she uh, encountering white Martians on the street? What was she doing? I would have loved one John episode. Go back to Mars or something. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. great. I would have. Yeah. I would have loved um, us to get off um, off Earth for like an episode, mm. like Argo. You like. We have Mars as an option. We have uh, Naltor as an option. We never mm-hmm. oh, got yeah. to learn anything about that. Yeah. Like there like was a so Nia m- homeland journey. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and especially oh. this season was all about her, you know, trying to connect back to her, you know, her powers and things like that. That would have been cool to, and a change of pace to like get mm-hmm. off Earth for a, a second. Yeah. That was shaking things Maybe up. Maybe the a dream bit. totem could have been on there on that planet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, now I'm disappointed. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when you, whenever you have a really good idea, you're like, oh. If I could have just pitched this to them. Uh, well, those are some great thoughts. Thanks uh, to everybody for sharing them. And I guess uh, our last question here is, uh, uh, we're just curious, like, what is what is everybody doing now that the show is over? Are you going to continue your podcast? Are you going to take a break? Uh, what what are your plans for you know uh, your Supergirl podcasting experience and just your I guess you know f- fandom in general? What what are y'all uh, up to? Because Supergirl Radio is going to keep going because we just have too much fun uh, doing the podcast. But we're curious about what y'all are going to do. So uh, uh, Justina and John, what what are y'all's plans? Uh, we really really want to keep our community together. So. Um... We haven't done our What Does Supergirl Mean to You episode yet, so that is what's coming up next in the immediate future. Um, we have had some listeners uh, request like, uh, uh, a roundtable with them so they can talk to us and each other all at the same time, so hopefully we can put something like that together. And I'm definitely wanting to... Uh, discuss with John some uh, ideas I, I have in my mind, you know, off in the DC multiverse of just being able maybe to hop around to different things in DC and, and, and sample different things and, um, and then, you know, keep in contact with our fans through social media and, and, and hopefully get their feedback on things, uh, new things as they come out. That's an awesome idea to to connect with your listeners and um, to to sort of keep it going with some other things that you may not have seen or experienced before. That's awesome. Uh, well, uh, Supergirl's Attic. Uh, what are y'all's uh, plans for the future? We're doing stuff. We got plans. <laughs> Big plans. Big plans. We're going to at least our 100th episode. We have a bunch yeah, of yeah. topics that uh, we want to analyze. Um, yes. We have the rest of our Truth, Justice, and the American Way three-part series. Uh, Justice is next. Yeah. Um, should be Sectionality meta episode coming up. Lots of fun things. We're also going to maybe do some video-based things. Yes. Um, and then... We had a couple other just fun projects that now that we don't have to turn around the podcast quite as quickly, we've been able to do more of our own just like creative mm-hmm. fan content, which has been great. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I, 
I saw y'all uh, went live on your YouTube channel. Are y'all going to do yeah. more uh, live streams? Ooh. Maybe. Who's to say? <laughs> I don't know. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> we, we have been thinking about doing a couple more things as videos because we have um, a recording that I think will work better with video mm-hmm. attached to it that, that we're working on pulling together. Um, and then we've had some requests for more like the video essays, like the one we did for Alex in Wonderland. So we yeah. might do more of that kind of stuff. You guys That's awesome. It out. It's it's a good video. <laughs> we watch it all the time. <laughs> I am our channel's biggest fan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Specifically for the little video that we did with the um, the first gauntlet, the bravery yeah. one, we pulled like the SNL fake audio of the song Brave. Yeah, and it's literally it's just like the characters angrily flailing and like hitting people. So <laughs> far is like, oh my god, and then it cuts off. It's great. It's thirty yes. seconds. It's it's joy. That's awesome. Well, we'll have to look forward to uh, more of that. So, uh, thanks for that. And uh, uh, Shelly, what are you and Aaron uh, going to do? Are y'all going to keep podcasting? Or are you going to uh, um, stay in the the fandom, as it were? Uh, we need to start podcasting. Um, we've been on hiatus <laughs> for a while. Um, I, w- I started going back to school full time during the pandemic. Um, and it was when I was working from home. But now that I'm actually going back to work, um, working full time and commuting and um, going to school full time, I just don't have a lot of free time. I feel like I just said time a lot. Um, <laughs> time goes by. <laughs> you as Kara stuck in the Phantom Zone ruminating <laughs> on the passage of time. Yes. <laughs> um, but we do have plans to to continue to podcast to start, you know, doing that again. Um, hopefully this spring. Um, I think my my workload will lessen a little bit in school and we'll have time to do that. So we'll actually just recap season six. We haven't been able to do that yet. Well, that's awesome. So you have more podcasting in your future. So that's good to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, glad to hear that y'all are going to keep uh, podcasting in the space and, and trying new things and uh, you know, not just uh finishing the show and then piecing out that's that's exciting that y'all are going to keep doing that because i think uh, all all of you bring a little something different to the supergirl fandom and to the podcasting uh, uh genre the, the podcasting medium so i'm, I'm glad to hear that the genre uh, so I'm, I'm i'm glad to i'm glad to hear that y'all are going to keep going uh morgan do you want to tease maybe you know what we're doing if, oh. you, if you remember, <laughs> I, I don't, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're going to dive back into the comics a little bit. Um, we're going to get into, uh, was it woman of tomorrow? Woman of tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It's been, a, it's been a while. We need to, it's been a while. So it's been a while. We will one day finish rebirth. That but is our promise to you. Not, not in the near future. <laughs> not we can't, soon. we can't make any real promises. Not soon though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of fun interviews lined up, which I'm excited about. One of which is with the prop master. Um, so finally I can ask about the Rama Khan Rama cards. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the playing cards. I can ask him about all the totems, the little soap totem that I think he's rose also, soap totem. I think he's also responsible for that uh, picture of Lena Luther asleep. Yes, that's true. Uh, t- <laughs> I want to hear the story if they like made Katie McGraw be like, okay, now sleep, but but beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and we're also going to be uh, starting a series that we call Supergirl Radio Re- Rewind because uh, Morgan expressed interest in revisiting season one because she didn't join Supergirl Radio until the near end of season one. I wasn't on the podcast until se- pretty much season two. And I was like, well, I, I have thoughts and feelings about season <laughs> one. <laughs> So we're going to be taking it back. So really, it's just going to be me interviewing Morgan about her thoughts because everybody's already here heard my thoughts. Maybe your thoughts are different now. Maybe. Maybe with time and having seen how it turned out. Maybe. It'll be interesting to revisit those early episodes. Uh, so we'll be we'll be doing a lot of that. So glad to hear everybody's going to keep going and um, uh, going to keep enjoying Supergirl and uh, podcasting in general. So that's awesome. Uh, well, do y'all have time for some snap judgments? We'll, we'll make some uh, quick snap judgments and uh, and uh, force you to make a choice. So we'll, uh, we'll be right back. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay. So our first uh, snap judgment is from Michaela, who says, which would you rather have as a Supergirl spinoff TV show? The Legion of Superheroes in the 31st century or an Alex and Kelly spinoff in which we get to see them raise Esme. So, uh, Justina, what would you rather have? Uh, Legion of Superheroes spinoff or Alex and Kelly spinoff uh, with Esme? Alex and Kelly. Okay. All right. Uh, Cycles, which would you rather see? The Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vivi, uh, w- what's your pick? about either but uh the, the legion <laughs> okay uh john what's your pick legion please shelly uh what would you rather see legion i, I have a question been outvoted just <laughs> i have a question oh, well. is, is the is the alex and kelly show a sitcom because that could change my exclamation point it's it's not um it's not specified in the snap judgment so it's just a spinoff of whatever you want it to be Maybe it's uh, a horror. Who's to say? Oh, given I, I, Esme's ooh, experience like Esme. so far, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little gif of like the little girl like uh, that turns around and like looks evil, and <laughs> looks at the uh, the house on fire. When your, when your kids' powers get out of control. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with the Legion. Although the horror idea is really is really a pretty interesting for me. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to see a Legion of Superheroes uh, TV show. It sounds like we're going to get an animated version. Uh, True. But uh, it would be awesome to see a live action one. So mm. I think that's what I'd probably like Animated's to see. probably the smarter choice at this point, given the restrictions still on both. I think the visas for going back and forth to Vancouver was an issue for a mm. while. And then also the stunts have just been limited. Yeah, also yeah. doing Bouncing Boy in live action might be tough. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see it. <laughs> and animation's probably better easier. than CGI because there's also been a shortage of, of designers to do the oh, editing. that's true. Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah, I've heard that. That's crazy. Um, okay, so our next two snap judgments are from Gina. The first one is, which would you rather have happened at the end of the series? Kara wakes up suddenly and we realize she had, she's been in a coma that Rain put her in during season three this whole time. Or Kara wakes up and we realize the whole series has been a dream and it's only been a few hours since she saved Alex in the plane. So, so both versions, the later seasons are 
not real. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> this is a narrative-driven snap judgment. So, just Nina, uh, which one would you rather have seen? Uh, Car being in a coma, or uh, the the whole series uh, uh, has just been a dream? I I think I got to go with rain coma. Good choice. Uh, Cycles, which one would you pick? Rain rain coma. (laughs) (laughs) Rain coma. Uh, Vivi. I feel like back to the pilot episode would have been a a fun circle, actually, to like what her initial (laughs) gauntlet was that she didn't want to face. So that would have been kind of like a fun twist. She gets a redo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what that... that It's like the Wizard of Oz. She wakes up going... It would have been perfect. <laughs> so, so you're going uh, just a dream? Yeah. Okay. All right. John, what did you pick? Yeah, I'll also go just a dream. All right. Shelly, uh, what's your choice on this one? Just a dream. Nice. Ooh. I, I think I'm going to go rain coma because at least we get the first, like, three, most of yeah. the first three seasons <laughs> yeah. is real. And then we can just take a mulligan on, like, four through six. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, I'm used to characters being in a coma uh, from my many years of <laughs> watching true. soap operas, so I'm okay with characters in comas. So I think we're, we're going to go with a uh, rain coma. <laughs> we're getting a lot of uh, coma adjacent recommendations in the comments. Oh, oh. <laughs> Car wakes oh. up uh, having been inside the Phantom Zone. Ooh. <laughs> and we also have It's Been Since the Black Mercy. Oh, nice. that's taken us all the way back, Ooh. too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, our, our next snap judgment from Gina is what other villain from the past should Lex have conjured? Giant kitty cat from season six, uh, Manchester Black and the Hat, or Ramakan? Justina, uh, which one uh, would you like to have seen uh, from the the past come back into the present? Uh, Ramakan, because the you guys have so much fun with him that I would have loved to <laughs> have more. Uh, Ramakan on our screen so that you could uh, talk about it on your show. Oh my gosh. Thank you for thinking of us. Just living life. He's just enjoying life at that winery is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's retired now. <laughs> uh, Cycles, which one would you want to see again? Manchester Black in the Hat because it's such mm. a severe mismatch with who Lex is. <laughs> <as a person>. <laughs> <laughs> he like would not cooperate. Neither of them would like care about whatever Lex is up to. <laughs> So, and I also liked Manchester Black a lot as a character. Yes. Yeah. You, you get a, a, a two for there. Uh, Manchester Black and the hat. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, Vivi, which one would you pick? I would go with the giant cat because it would prove that he is paying attention to Nixley and understands who she is as a person. Oh, that's <laughs> deep. Yeah, that is deep. Has cat energy. <laughs> <laughs> He's showing that he loves her. For real, question mark? (laughs) He's like, see, I'm interested in things you're interested to. (laughs) John, which one would you want to see again? Oh, definitely Manchester Black in the Hat. Nice. 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 Uh, Shelly, which one would you bring back if you could? Manchester Black in the Hat, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Popular. I think Manchester Black in the Hat are a better dynamic duo. But God, I just want to know what Ramakan is up to. <laughs> you miss him. You I miss just him. miss him. I just miss him. He doesn't call. He doesn't write. So, <laughs> yeah, Ramakan has uh, some mythology that has not been explored. He's he's lived for such a long time. He's been What's he been doing so all this time? 
He's still never going to tell you who's in charge of Leviathan. I'm sorry. <laughs> what if Lex brought him back and just to scream, who's in charge of Leviathan at him? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's who I'm going to get. the cat all pick. along. <laughs> it was the cat. What, to what a twist. The cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they could have brought in Director Bones. Director Bones could have been in charge of Leviathan. That is like oh. his in. This is like my dream show. episode. It would we, have been great. <laughs> <laughs> we just created my dream episode. Thanks, guys. Uh, real heartbreaker. Uh, yeah. Okay, so our last step judgment is from Ryan, who says, would you end the show with season one on a high note, but ending so soon? Or season six, one of the worst seasons of the show, but you have over 100 episodes of Supergirl. So we're really getting what Ryan thought about season six. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, tell us what you really think. <laughs> getting some uh, signals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Justina, would you rather end the show with season one or uh, season six? Season six. Cycles, uh, where, where would you end the show? Season six. Just, oh, uh, okay. There's some, you know, chef ki- chef's kiss moments in the middle there. So yeah, yeah. Vivi, what, what's your choice? Chef, uh, season six. John, where would you end the show? Yeah, this has been such an amazing journey, especially behind the mic. I, there's no way I wouldn't have gone the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Shelly, uh, where would you end this uh, the show? Season six. Yeah, that's that's such a tough one because season one is so solid, but season six at least you get some of the stuff in season three with that alone. I, I, yeah, I mean, I can't. I have to pick season six because some characters don't even show up in season one. I would have never. There would have been no boardroom or ballroom <laughs> if we had no. ended in season one. No Lena Luther. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of good things in the in the middle there. Uh, we do have, uh, I did see a snap judgment in the chat. So I guess this this will technically uh, be our last one uh, from Tiana. Uh, what spinoff would you rather see? Uh, uh, so I guess these are our options. Young Car and Alex Adventures in High School or the Esme sitcom. So this is kind of a variation on uh, a previous snap judgment. Uh, but now we have the option between Esme sitcom, specifically a sitcom, here, <laughs> or a Car and Alex sort of Midvale high school adventure. So Justina, which one would you pick? I still want Esme. Okay. <laughs> still going Esme. Solid Esme exclamation point for her. Solid choice. Um, uh, does, does Esme exclamation point have like a cheesy like 80s theme song at the beginning i feel like it does i I think it does yeah yeah i i I would watch that show uh cycles which one would you want to see well if it's not a horror (laughs) (laughs) no it's gotta be a sitcom i'm gonna have to go with young car and alex adventures in high school okay solid choice uh vivi which one would you pick uh hmm. um probably car and alex all right john uh where 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 are you on this uh snap judgment yeah car and alex all right, Shelly? Car and Alex. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Morgan, what I mean, are you watching Esme Exclamation Point? Is this is this binge worthy? I think it's gonna have a great opening theme song. Um, <laughs> and for some reason they're gonna have a butler. I feel very strongly about that. <laughs> How? Why? Don't ask questions. It's a favor from Lena, I guess. <laughs> it's a gift yes. from Esme's godmother. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I would go young car and Alex too. Yeah, I, th- there's a lot left to be explored uh, in Midvale in the high school year, so I'd probably go with that too. But the uh, the butler on the Esme sitcom that is very tempting. 
<laughs> Manchester <laughs> Black, of course. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, bringing that's, it around. I like that. Slightly. I like that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, with this uh, yeah. round of snap judgments. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, thank you to all of our Supergirl podcasters for joining our roundtable uh, for, uh, to, you know, just to kind of recap how our experience was uh, in the final season and to see where we all landed. Uh, so uh, I guess let's uh, go around our roundtable and uh, tell the listeners where everybody can find you and uh, how they can keep listening uh, to you. So, Justina, John, uh, how can our listeners find you on the Internet? Well, you can find us over at Golden Spiral Media at uh, Made of Steel. And on Twitter, we are at Supergirl GSM. And my personal Twitter is Justy1978. And I just realized I had the wrong Instagram for y'all. I copied the wrong thing over. So that is my bad. That is on me. Supergirl's attic. So, uh, so really, you can also follow Supergirl's attic. Really, really just follow them everywhere. But definitely follow uh, Made of Steel on Twitter and uh, check them out and put them on your uh, subscribe in your podcast app. All right, so Supergirl's Attic, now that we know how to follow you on Instagram. <laughs> yes. uh, so how, how can everybody uh, uh, check in with you and uh, keep up with y'all? Uh, you can subscribe to us in whatever your preferred podcast app is. Our site is supergirlsattic.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at Supergirl's Attic. Oh, Tumblr. I didn't yeah. get the Tumblr on there. I'm sorry. That's all right. right. So we'll, it's the same I'll, thing as supergirlsaddict.com. So. Okay. All right. Uh, that will be included in our show notes. I'll try to get all the links of everybody in there. You guys there. have a, a, a YouTube? Or? We, uh, yes, yeah, we, do. we do. Also, <laughs> Yeah, that's also Supergirlsaddict. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice wait, energy wait, there. Wait, wait to be consistent. Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to get all it those uh, handles to be the same thing. Yeah. Well, uh, it's so. kind of a niche. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a name, Supergirl's Attic. You know, you you never know. There might be somebody who is you know a Supergirl collector who keeps their Supergirl collectors uh, collectibles true. in their attic. Uh, so that could be Supergirl a fabulous Toy Man episode. <laughs> that actually would. Now that I think about it, uh, good point. Back uh, to so, that. Horror genre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shelly, where can uh, people find Pot Off Course? Uh, we're on Twitter at Pot Off Course, and you can email us um, at potoffcourse at gmail.com. And uh, can uh, listeners find you personally somewhere? Or, or Yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm at shop23, S C H O P 23 on Twitter. Awesome. Good. All right. So uh, I think that's going to do it for for us. Y'all are welcome to duck out of the live stream while we wrap up uh, Supergirl radio business, uh, because you may not want to stay for that part of it. Uh, But uh, thank you guys. uh, uh, Thank you all for uh, joining us here and sharing your thoughts and your experiences because uh, it's it's always interesting to uh, see <laughs> see what everybody else is uh, feeling about the show and about uh, p- podcasting. So I uh, really appreciate it. Maybe maybe somewhere down the line, we'll, we'll kind of check in and see where everybody is. <laughs> but, uh, but until then, thank you all for uh, spending your time with us because I know it was quite a bit of time. Uh, so thank you for staying <laughs> as long as you did. Uh, but you can duck out uh, while we do our, our uh, plugs when I can find them 
let's see. So we're going to get to some Supergirl Radio and DC TV podcast plugs, but y'all are welcome to leave in the meantime. And uh, we'll uh, wrap up our Supergirl Radio stuff. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio superman and lois radio the flash podcast and legends of tomorrow podcast black lightning podcast bad woman podcast too Titans and Doom Patrol podcast just for you. Justice League Dark podcast, Green Lantern podcast, Stargirl podcast, Strange Adventures podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say fuck. We really need to update that list because I know it's uh, severely out of date. I just don't understand. Like, they just keep making new shows, and it's like, how? Why? They just uh, <laughs> like to keep us on our toes. They're like, they're like, what if we added five shows this month? <laughs> like, what if you didn't? <laughs> yeah, it's we don't have Naomi in there or anything. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll need a, a, a new song, uh, perhaps <laughs> <laughs> for the next time around. Uh, but I guess uh, we should talk about the Tea Public Store. I would love to talk about the Tea Public <laughs> Store. You know what? Speaking of the Tea Public Store, uh, DC TV Podcast has a Tea Public Store, and we have some live and wired merch. Yeah. Speaking of podcasting, um, and some of our podcasting that we do is now live and wired, and has been for a while. We've been live streaming for quite some time now. Feels oh, jeez, like, we really have. Like we've uh, been doing it for a, uh, a short amount of time, but in the, in the actual reality of it, we've been doing it for a while. <laughs> so uh, you can uh, check, up, uh, check out some of this uh, merch designed by Sarah Luber, a.k.a. Comicer Girl, who did some custom uh, Livewire art, some Leslie Willis uh, art for us. So you can check out those designs at the DCTV Podcast Tea Public Store. And we would like to thank our legion of super sponsors for supporting us with the uh, Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, these people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermcard, Miriam, Sheree, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Faith. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. We have four tiers of monthly memberships, and we appreciate you uh, helping us keep the lights on and uh, helping us out with um, all kinds of uh, hosting fees and uh, the things of that nature. Also, uh, we'll talk about this more when uh, Superman Celebration comes around. Uh, but because of the the support from the Patreon, we were able to um, uh, purchase a brick for uh, we're the, there. 
Yeah. Whether we show up or not, guess what? We're there. <laughs> we're we're in Metropolis, Illinois at the Super Museum. So if you ever uh, get a chance to head out to Metropolis, Illinois, uh, look for Supergirl Radio among those bricks on the ground. Uh, we thought that would be a good way to uh, honor our Supergirl Radio podcast and our community of listeners and the, the Patreon supporters who support us. So uh, thank you all for doing that. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing that we have up there. It was a good way to honor our community and uh, continue, continue the, uh, the Supergirl motto of help, hope and compassion for all. All right. And we'll have, We'll have more on that uh, in the summer because uh, uh, I might be heading back to Metropolis and uh, checking that out. So hopefully it will be there on the on the ground uh, while I'm there. I, I don't know exactly where they're going to place it, so I'll have to go hunting. You can down. report live from the scene. <laughs> yes, I'm taking my Kermit the Frog reporter microphone. <laughs> yes, May, maybe also a, a trench coat with a, re- a reporter hat. Oh, it's like the little thing in it too. Yeah, it <laughs> says press on it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, get one of those. Okay. Uh, well, if you want to check me out personally, you can follow me on uh, the social media platform Vero at Derby Kid. You'll you'll know that I've been uh, watching uh, The Witcher. Finished The Witcher uh, seasons one and two. Uh, New favorite show. So I'm very excited about that. Also started watching Breaking Bad. I'm in the third episode. I don't like it. No, I Uh, didn't like the first season either. (laughs) I feel like it's a controversial thing to say because everybody was talking about how much they love Breaking Bad. And I was like, this show? This show (laughs) right here. Uh, So I... I'll never tell a person, like, hang in through, like, 15 episodes and then it gets good, right? Because, like, if you don't want to, that makes sense. That's a lot of hanging on. (laughs) But if you do indeed make it to, like, season two, it does start to get better. And, like, eventually I was very into it by the end. I was, like, in all the Breaking Bad stuff, like, really liking the show. But season one is not, is pretty tough. Yeah, so if you've been of uh, if you follow me on Vero, you'll know what I've been watching and consuming uh cuz that's where I share kind of all those things. Sometimes I share occasionally when I start a book, uh you'll know about yes. it, but usually there's no there's no button on Vero that says, "Hey, I f- I I've I've uh finished this or I'm getting close" uh cuz I don't select those buttons cuz that never <laughs> happens, but I do share when I start a book. It's a very exciting time when I start a book, but uh haven't managed to to finish those. Uh, one day, one day, when, <laughs> when I get a chance. Uh, you can also follow me on uh, Instagram at The Derby Kid. I've uh, become obsessed with Instagram Reels. Uh, so you'll see my experimentation <laughs> over there. Uh, you can also follow me personally on YouTube. I have a channel, uh, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I've been doing some Batman v Superman uh, top critic review analyses. If you want to call it that, reading through the uh, Batman v Superman uh, reviews from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it's it's an experience. Uh, it's getting it's getting harder to do. Uh, the yeah, as far as I'm in now, uh, it's you've been doing it for a while. <laughs> it's uh, it's becoming a lot harder. A lot of these reviews uh, come across like a, like a mean girl writing in her burn book and it's, uh, <laughs> it's, there's there's not a lot of value added uh that way a lot of critiquing henry cavill's physique and i'm like why why are you condemning him for his physique why wouldn't that be like a positive his, thing? his physique 
What is there to complain about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm very I've seen confused. Witcher. I'd, I have no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you acting like uh, this is a negative for him? Uh, it's, it's very strange. That that happens a lot. It's uh, it's it's quite perplexing. Uh, but yeah, you can check me out there on uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern with a live stream that you can join and share your thoughts. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, where we have been very much enjoying uh, this uh, season seven of Legends of Tomorrow. It's been pretty strong. Last week, uh, Kat and I, we pitched some ideas uh, for Shark Tank. Oh. Um, yeah, sure. Cause it was about reality television. So eventually that somehow led us to shark tank. I think <laughs> our ideas were essentially like helping children cheat on science fair projects. So okay. I don't think that, that company's going to take off so no. much if, no. I, if I had to guess. I, that's also probably shouldn't, uh, it's dishonest, but <laughs> yeah, that's not, not great, <laughs> but we tried. Um, and also <laughs> We'll also co-host on uh, DC TV After Dark, which we are tentatively, we have a recording date. Oh. I want to update everyone. This is a big update. <laughs> this is a big update. We have a recording we have a recording day. It's in my calendar. It's for it's for February. Oh, so it's coming up. I, it's coming up. So I'm <laughs> one of these days and so we're we're hoping to release that towards the end of february beginning of march so uh i always advise people oh hey you want to know more about dc tv after dark you're gonna want to subscribe to the podcast feed because <laughs> there's really no rhyme or reason when the episodes come out we like them to be like a, a fun little surprise like oh i haven't <laughs> seen you in a year how you doing handsome uh that kind of thing <laughs> Well, that is good to know. Uh, keep your radar on DC TV <laughs> After Dark. Uh, very exciting stuff. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of a Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for joining us for this Supergirl Podcasters Roundtable. <laughs> McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah!